Welcome to Goonies World. My name is Goonie, also known as Colin, and I am joined, as always, by Meanie, also known as Ryan. Oh, well, hello there. And our referee for this series, Johnny Farrow, also known as Sean. Hey, hey, hey. And our returning guest, Lunicorn, also known as Lynn. Hello. So, we will be playing Into the Odd. Yes, for the next several episodes, we will play Into the Odd. It's a cool game by Chris McDowell that I'm a little late in adopting, but it's already been around long enough that it's spawned many other games with similar rules. It's uh, really simple. It's heavy on the narrative. It's really rules light to the point of being a little freewheeling. And uh, that seemed like it'd be right up our alley, because that's usually how we do it anyway. Uh, this is our very first time playing it right now, though, so we'll trust you to bear with us. The setting here is kind of an industrial fantasy world, specifically in a sprawling city called Bastion. It's the only city that matters, as the old song goes. Uh, to learn more about this odd world, I'll just read Chris McDowell's words directly from the book. The world is too large for explorers to map and too old for academics to record. Expeditions return with tales of places bizarre, wondrous, and horrific. You are an explorer, braving the unknown in search of riches, knowledge, and power. Most of all, you seek arcana, strange devices holding unnatural powers. They range from a humble piece of jewelry to vast sculptures. There are many religious and scientific theories around their existence, but most settle somewhere in between. Citizens flock to Bastion. Its vast industries provide dangerous but dependable work, and its docks send guns, chemicals, and newspapers to distant neighbors. And beneath the city, the underground stretches just as far. Sewers twist into tunnels, hiding ancient caves and forgotten vaults. Fallen cities are adorned with statues of star beings. Cultists manifest their fervor into reality, and belligerent unions prepare for a cosmic invasion. Familiar landscapes are overrun by strange weeds. Corrosive mists creep in from the sea, and jet-black mountains watch from the horizon. This odd world has been affected by being stranger than we can imagine. Uh, all of you guys are from the city of Bastion. You're novice adventurers. You're essentially brand new characters, regardless of whatever your age is. And you've uh, banded together because uh, you've just moved to a new neighborhood in Bastion called Canalside. This is such a big city that it's several hours away, you know, by foot, maybe an hour away by metropolitan tramway from the neighborhoods you uh, came from. But the burgers and the town councils and everybody else and all the little different separate neighborhoods in Bastion, some of them rents are just raising sky high in most of the city. And like I say, your old neighborhoods, the rents have just gone too high, so you'd all move to Canal Side where there are supposedly livable flats and lofts for very modest rents. There's, as the name might imply, there's this ancient canal that runs through this neighborhood, but it hasn't carried water for centuries. 
there's a newer, better canal a league or so away that carries great steam vessels through it. Uh, but here lining this dry canal, there are all these little old proto-skyscrapers of several stories just lining the canal. Uh, they're surrounding various smoke-belching factories and shops and townhouses and boarding homes. It's very crowded. The sound of the street life and the factories ever-present. And also ever-present is the soot from all the factories, which has stained most of the buildings, you know, dark gray or even black. Now, your characters have already met each other, and you're looking to rent reasonably priced rooms here in Canalside and establish a base for your explorations. But even though your characters know each other, we don't. And really, even our players don't know our each other's characters that well. So let's just take a quick moment and introduce our characters. Go ahead and speak in character, if you like, and tell us what you look like and what cool things you might be carrying around. Uh, I should say, we went ahead and gave all our characters six hit, uh, HP, or hit protection, just to keep them alive a little bit longer. And gave everybody a random arcana, even if they didn't get one in character creation. We did that just to make things a little more fun, a little crazier. So, uh, Ryan, why don't we start with you? Let's learn all about your character. Okay. My name's Brom. Brom Roach. Uh, but everybody calls me Roach. Um... And I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a short guy. I'm not, you know, not like, not like a dwarf. Just short, you know. Um, like, you know, probably five, six, maybe, you know, but, but skinny, not like a, well, skinny, but kind of muscular, you know, um, but not very bright at all, I'm afraid, um, um, he's got, you know, uh, kind of a, what, like a, I'm gonna stop talking character for a moment, <laughs> um, kind of like a, uh, what, what the hell is that haircut called? Like a brown, where, kind of like a, like a, like a Beatles bowl cut, but overgrown, like a prince, you know, like, something or other. Like a Prince Valiant. Page boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a page go. boy, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, just wearing some light, comfortable, light-colored garb. Um, and he uh, carries around um, a pistol, a knife. Uh, he has a bomb as well. Um, and a sob, which... I don't know what um, he's going to do with, but we yeah, never know see. when a saw will come in handy. He's going to want to play a game, um, and uh, the arcana I rolled happens to be a tyrant's rod, which he can wave at um, people to sort of incapacitate them or make them run away or whatever. Um, and he got this off of somebody else uh, who actually waved it at him, and it caused him to fall to the ground prone. Um, and then while the guy w- who had waved it at him was sort of laughing over his prone corpse, he actually, not corpse, obviously he didn't die. Um, but you know, he like su- suspects, but doesn't even know that this, that this guy who did this was, this is the first time he'd ever used it. Like he had just gotten it and was just trying it out. Mm-hmm. And, um, but anyway, he, he got up and beat his ass, uh, uh, and took the tyrant's rod from him. But now he believes, and he's tried it a few times on people, and sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. And so he has developed this this sincere belief that if he waves it at somebody and it doesn't work, then they are not a human. Um, no. They are they must be some kind of monster in disguise as a human. So he believes that some reasonably large percentage of 
you know, the city are of Bastion are in fact doppelgangers, you know, lizard nice. people or something. So, yeah. Nice. Okay. Colin, how about your character? Percy Butterworth is my name. Um, so he is, he likes to think of himself as like a gentleman explorer, even though he is a novice, um, and not, you know, wealthy. And I just made up on the spot now that Butterworth, like, maybe he was, um, like he had a family of butlers or something, and he broke tradition, you know, to go off on his own and yeah, totally. <laughs> be an explorer. So, and he was his name originally Butlerworth, and he changed it. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, I mean, we got corrupted over the years to Butterworth. Um, I actually did name him after an explorer named Percy Fawcett. Explored the Amazon. Yeah, totally. Didn't yeah, come yeah. back. Um, mm-hmm. Hopefully, we'll come back from wherever we go. But, um, yeah, so he's got a pistol, and he's got a rocket. and he's, That should be fun. Yeah. Well, and surprisingly, it's not like a blast, so it's it's just, I guess, one. can only target one person with it. Um, but it's D10. And then I'm a toxin, toxin immune for some reason. That's great. And my arcana is a frozen cloud. I can just make it move around, floats at my will, and can cause damage, and uh, people get frozen inside of it unless they pass a strength save. And another lore I guess I just came up with, uh, I'm just going to say that I, I didn't find the cloud that the cloud found him ah, I just uh. floated over him and then he <laughs> it like connected to him to, you know to his mind so he can control it okay yeah all right okay I love it and finally Lynn let's hear about your character all right well Brothy. I will be playing Nick's shadow thorn tonight and one of my characteristics is that I have loud lungs, which not only affects my speech and the way I sound, but I always mute myself when I vape, when I'm playing <laughs> games normally. I will not be muting myself tonight, so sometimes you will hear this. <laughs> Because that's how it sounds when Nyx breathes. Okay. Um, Nyx is very strong. Um, she's about six foot and 160 pounds. She's got black hair and very dark eyes that appear black. Um, she carries a club that's actually a bone, like a femur bone. Of a very large animal that she beats people with. I've also got some paint and a crowbar. And my arcanum is a tomb box. A tomb box allows me to have 
three tiny skeletons that obey the bearer. Um, they are very weak, so they do not help me in battle as far as damaging people, but they are quite clever and agile. Um, with the game master's position, okay, I'm going to talk normal for a second. With the game master's position, I've decided that my little tiny skeletons are not little human skeletons, but I have a little dragon named Kaiden, which means little dragon in Japanese. He can't fly. He's just a skeleton, so he doesn't have anything to catch the air. So, um, But he's still a cute little dragon. I also have Harriet, who is a little monkey. Old school monkeys had fully opposable thumbs. So that is the type of oh. monkey that I have. I okay. thought it was important to have one of my skillies have opposable thumbs for... You know, those times when I need some dexterity. Mm -hmm. And then um, Rashi is the skeleton of a sloth. So I've got a dragon, a monkey, and a sloth skeletons that all hang out with me. Is this a three-toed sloth or is it a giant ground sloth of, of the Ice Age? I think it's probably a three-toed sloth. 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 He can't be giant because my, all my skellies have to be tiny. Oh, yeah. They're yeah, tiny. tiny. Yeah, yeah tiny they're tiny skeletons. Yeah, Got to collect them all. Yeah. There's, there's hundreds more little tiny skeletons out there. And, uh, all right, great. Well, those are our characters. And so we're going to put you guys all together. As I said, you were looking for accommodations, and you've met here on this cool overcast day. There's a grimy mist everywhere, and you've come to a place called the Sour House. It's spelled like sauerkraut, though, you know, sour. Which is a six-story boarding house right on the canal. The canal itself is full of weeds and puddles, and there's some kids playing. Looks like a little further down the canal, they've got like a ball court set up like in the canal itself. But that's a little ways down the street. Across the canal from the sour house is Ferner's Industrial Machinery. It's this massive factory that covers several city blocks. The sour house itself has seen better days. Is made of grime-covered bricks, and it's wedged in between Schumann's boots and tonics. That's right, boots and tonics on one side. And then some kind of offices for a company called uh, Broken Compass Offshore Acquisitions on the other side of the Sour House. Otherwise, it is wedged right up next to each other. And a few doors down is a pretty fun-looking tavern called The Punch Room. That's down by where they have that ball court set up in the canal. But... Uh, Anyway, you're just sitting here getting, uh, you know, taking a look around the neighborhood. You've heard the sour house is affordable. But just then you hear this, ah, ha, 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 there's a cackling yell. And all of a sudden, like, whirring gears. And there's a gang of about a dozen bicycle hoodlums just charging down the narrow sidewalk in between the canal and the sour house at you. You've heard of these bicycle hoodlums. They run, they run around town. They're wilding. They're going to go around screaming, yell at people and knock them down. Sometimes they try to pick pockets. But they come uh, rolling in on you. Everybody make a roll to try to get away. Now, you can use any of the three stats you want. We're just practicing game mechanics and rolling a dice. You can make a strength roll and kind of like shove a bike out of the way as it gets too close to you, right? Or fling your arms around. You can make a dexterity roll and leap out of the way. You can even make a willpower roll and sort of anticipate by their trajectory coming in where the best place to step aside would be. But all of you roll or you risk getting knocked on your ass in the ground, possibly bumped and bruised. Oh, dear. 
If I recall, it's a d20 and you and one. You want to roll low, right? Yes, you want to roll your stat or less on a d20. Nice and simple. And, and uh, so I, I how how did you do, Lynn? I rolled exactly for? my stat. Okay, that's great. What stat did you use? Strength. Okay, describe how. So I'm gonna uh, shove somebody out of the way. Yeah, one of the bicycles. Way. Way. You, you breath hits the tire. And, uh, no, but uh, one of those great big, it's like, I pick, I'm imagining it's like great big front wheels, right? Like old school bicycles. And uh, it, it jiggles out of the way. It bumps into another one. A couple of them fall off into the canal, fall down like 12 feet, screaming down there. So probably some cracked bones. That being said, the bulk of them keep running. How did uh, how did Percy do? Was he gentlemanly enough to avoid um misadventure yes but he rolled strength as well um that's my highest stat and um so i guess i did the same thing as as lynn's character push some out of the way okay okay all right and finally uh it seemed like uh ryan made a sour face when we rolled those dice how did roach do well, uh, <clears throat> Roach also rolled his best stat, which is Dex, which is 15, but he rolled a 19, so he attempted to oh. nimbly dodge out of the way and uh, failed. Oh, no. Well, you actually do get knocked down, and uh, uh, you, so you fall on your ass, and then a little bike bicycle wheel runs right over your hand, and... Uh, causes you actually two points of damage two points of hip protection now all you need is a short rest of a few minutes to get back this basic hp loss okay in this game it stands for hit protection it's not so much injury as it is the ability to avoid injury or withstand serious injury once you run out of hp they start taking points away from your strength and then you have to make a strength save to stay up but certainly nothing you you don't want two hit points or hp gone this early in the adventure but you can just shake your fist ow oh but it hurts to shake your fist at the bicycle hoodlums as they ride off leaving you there in front of the sour house where you now notice there's this little boy sitting on the steps that lead up from the little sidewalk in front of the canal to the sour house itself he's got this bottle of gin he's covered with grime he says oi which one to use the leader well I, I, I nominate my Self, but um, we have not discussed leadership yet. Oh, uh, well, I vote for you. Thank you. I'm. You can have my vote as well. Well, there, there it is. Then I'm the leader. Well, if you're the leader, give us fifty p for a warm pie and a bed tonight, eh? And he's kind of swaying back and forth. He stands up and sort of stumbles over. He's just like eight years old. And he's like, he's got like a third of this bottle of gin left. And you've heard of it. It's a terrible plight. You know, the gin brats, they're all over the streets. You know, gin, there's a gin epidemic almost. Everybody loves their gin. And it's cheap and it uh, makes a tough life easier. So give us 50p, eh? What he means is 50 pennies. Brass pennies. 100 brass pennies make a silver shilling. Standard shilling. And then a hundred shillings make a golden gilder. So, well, I'll get a warm pie in a bed. Come on in, if you're the leader. I'm afraid that's out of the question. You see, we. Watch your porch knob. You can get bent. 
Well, we see, we'll, we'll, I, at least, am trying to save for an expedition outside of the city of Bastion to go exploring. So we need all the pennies and shillings and whatnot we can get. Don't have anything to spare. Well, what about you, then? He says to Roach. Give us uh, give us 20p so we can at least get a warm pie. All right, well, look at... Uh, see, all right, I've got, I've got a secret. Would you like to hear this secret? Mm. One time a fella asked me to come in the alley and he said he'd tell me a secret, but he showed me something I didn't like. Did he give you any pee? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get any pee that day. Not one no. kind and not the other. Well, I wasn't talking about something like that. I've got a different kind of rod for you to see. And he, he's going to pull out the tyrant's rod and say, Look, if I wave this at you, it'll give you money. Are you joking? No. I'll prove it then. All Go right. ahead and shower <laughs> me with gold. <laughs> he's going to wave the tyrant's rod at the kid. Okay, what, what do you command him to do? He can, like, flee or halt or... or uh-oh. I'm just going to... Yeah, I'm going to tell him to uh, <clears throat> empty his pockets and drop the gin and get the hell out of here. Oh, well, he really, 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 really doesn't want to drop that gin. and uh, But uh, he does, and it shatters on the sidewalk. He goes, ah, 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 and he rushes off down towards the, towards the punch room tavern. I, uh, well, at least he was a human. I don't, I don't follow, but I, I'm quite impressed with your tyrant's rod. That's what she said. <laughs> well, you must tell me about this wonderful <laughs> woman in your life. <clears throat> well, she's not in my life anymore because it was a tyrant. Oh, yes, makes sense. Hey, what's all this ruckus out here on the front step? You look up, and the door to the sour house is opened, and there's this immense woman standing there wearing this, like, long, shapeless, floral, you know, sort of arrangement. Ooh, do you live here? Uh, I'm Mrs. Roachfort. I live here. What'd you Ooh. do? Are you abusing young Tom Papsy? Young Tom's not bad for a gin brat. No, I just, I just wanted him to go away. And, and and drop the gin so he'd stop drinking it because I think he's probably uh, got a problem. I was just trying to help the lad. That gin's the best thing he's got going in his life, believe me. So what are you here for? Are you looking for rooms? Yes. Yes, we are. <sighs> well, I've got no more individual rooms, but I've got the <sighs> loft. Do you want to see the loft? Oh. Are we going to settle for a loft? I mean, I guess there's not a lot of options right now. Maybe we'll have to take a look. I've always wanted to get a loft, but... And he's looking around kind of in confusion, and he looks over at the boot place. (laughs) And he looks back at the... What's the lady's name? It was something Roach. Mrs. Roachfort. Yeah. I know, it's a coincidence. The roach Ooh, thing. Total coincidence, yeah. Uh, well, we might be related, but... I God, was I hope not. I was wondering, is, it, is he a shoeman or a bootman? 
Oh, he's a nice fella. He does sells boots and does boot repair, but he's also got a soda fountain. But it, but he says in the sign it says he's a shoeman. That's his name is Shoeman. Well, does he make shoes then? Or well, boots? he more like makes boots, but yeah, I guess a boot is technically a shoe. And then he's also a soda jerk. It's a weird combination, but he makes it work. He's been a good neighbor for at least 22 years now. Well, all right, so when the burgers, they're not... Is a burger a sandwich? He's just going no. to keep asking questions. I think we <laughs> we should go Sorry. take a look, look at the loft now. Yes, let's do that. That's right. I don't want to. I don't want to talk about the burgers. I stay away from discussing politics with potential guests. You need to breathe a little lighter, there, honey. All right. It's it's all this. It's all this. I can't help it. I have loud lungs. You do. It's an affliction. It's my affliction now. Anyway, she gets out this great big key ring out of her uh, out of a pocket on her voluminous floral dress, and waddles up the stairs. And you guys got to go up like six flights. She's breathing pretty hard. By the top of it, she by the top of it, I guess I I guess I've got loud lungs now too. Well, it's this yes, pollution, <gasps> terrible pollution in this city. Can't wait to get That's out. The price, it's the price of progress in industry. Yeah. Anyway, hopefully those burgers don't raise all the property taxes around here, so we'll have to raise my rents. Anyway, this is it. And she opens up a room at the top of the sixth floor, and uh, you hear a bird flutter <laughs> out of uh, out of the place. There's this great big uh, skylight-type window, right, made up of probably about a dozen little panes of glass. One or two of them are missing, and some of them are multicolored, but it does let a lot of light in. And... Uh, uh, there's some furniture, ratty old furniture, laying around in a haphazard arrangement, like somebody was moving out and just left stuff. Uh, room and board is ten shillings a week, payable a month in advance. The kitchen's on the ground floor. Meals are served twice daily, buffet style. Running water's on the water room, one floor down, and the toilets in the toilet room, one floor down. Oh, you could use a bucket. So. Ten shillings a week, payable a month in advance. That's forty shillings you owe me each. You guys don't even have near that much. You guys just had about like D six shillings each, which is not nothing, you know. But you don't have it. <sighs> well, so how how late I should ask? Um, can we pay this the our dues? Well, you're saying you don't have the 40 shillings? Well, not at this exact moment. Be getting them very shortly. Well, oh, you seem like a well-educated gentleman. And I'm not hard-hearted. Well, look, pay me three shillings now. And you can pay the rest at the end of the week. You go out and find yourselves a job. And if you stiff me for the rent, you can talk to Mr. Abdonnelly. He's the boss that runs this whole block, and he's not dainty and forgiving and sweet like me. Oh yes, well, I don't think it'll be—it'll come to that. Um, and um, okay, I—we all pitch in one penny, and we—we've got your three pennies. No, then. one shilling. That's one oh, shilling. Oh, shilling. Yes, of course. 
Don't try to stiff me. <laughs> no, I, I wasn't. Um, okay. Um, well, I, I uh, say we all give one penny, uh, one shilling, shilling, one shilling, and um, and then we'll have the rest very soon. I don't actually have any money written down. Um, no, I just said uh, each one of you has like D six shillings. Okay, good enough. Yeah, I've got two. Yeah, and well, one now. One now. I have yeah. six. Five now. Good for you. Okay. And I have five, four now. All right. That's good. So ten shillings a week, though, and I want like, 40 shillings to balance by the end of the week. I think you'll be very happy here, despite the lack of what running water in your room. As I said, the water room is one floor down, as is the toilet. And, uh, don't forget meals twice a day. I'm not serving. I'm not staying. I'm not opening the kitchen at special times when you wander in drunk at three bells in the morning. Do you got that? Oh, yes, of course. All right. Well, here's the front door key, and here's the room key. Don't be trying to make copies. No. All right, then. If there's nothing else, I'm going to get back to business. My show, my stories are about to come on the ether. There's like a type of radio with uh, ether waves that people could tune into. I got to hear my stories. Yes. Uh, so she waddles back down the stairs. But uh, so you guys, you know, you look in, you try to like figure out which pieces of furniture you could possibly sleep on, you know, start pushing stuff around. There's a couple of buckets up in here that smell like maybe they've been pissed and shat in before. And others are lying right underneath the missing panes in the skylight, you know, to soak up a little rainwater and stuff. And there's black smog drifting in and it's pooling up along the roof of the loft and you know it's not much for 10 shillings a week but at least she uh cut you a deal yes it's... as you're looking around you hear a familiar voice it's like so you're looking for a job then and you see tom papsy the gin brat he's sticking his head around the door no 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 don't don't wave your rod at me again i ain't coming near you well i I thought that, um, you know, I'm just not cut out for factory work. And, um, you know, I think we should, um, you know, go and explore the world. And and we can make our living that way. And this is be a great, you know, base for us. Doesn't look like much now, but we can... Everyone's got to start somewhere and we can... Eventually we can improve our lives and you know improve our station I quite agree I think that's a wonderful idea you need an inhaler um so um was his name Tom Tom Pepsi don't hurt me don't roll your thing don't make me doing anything unnatural please I promise I won't come in in fact I can't come in I can't take a step closer no, no, I just wanted to f- to inquire about the riches granted you by my rod-waving. It didn't work. Oh. It just made me, it just made me drop my gin and now I've got no gin. So the way I reckon it, you owe me 50p for a fine bottle of gin. Well, if you point us to somewhere we can get work to make money, 
Well, oh boy, you that gin. What's all about that? If you'll tell, I, I accept your apology, and I will help you get some money so you can buy me my gin that you owe me. If you're looking for cash quick, you ought to go down to the punch room. That's the tavern down the Canal Street there. They got games there, and you can make a, a quick few guilders even on the games there. You can trick fools out of their money. There's also some district taskmasters there, and gentlemen of means, and they have lots of business opportunities, and that's where they gather. So you go there, get my 50p, and I'll be waiting right outside the door. In fact, I'll scamper in, and I'll put in a good word for you. Because everybody knows and loves Tom Pepsi. Don't wave your rod at me, though. Oh, don't want to get punched by men, means, men with means. Because no, means I, men. It ain't that means. kind of punch. It's the kind of punch you drink. Yes, um, I wonder if there's, um, any, um, many men of means there that can finance an expedition for us. You know, maybe they want to, to... But if they're so mean, they'll never finance an expedition. <laughs> well, I think you misunderstand the, the meaning of mean. <laughs> uh, I never left the third grade, and I'm more intelligent than that fella right there. <laughs> I'm just going to misunderstand everything. It's like going to be the most annoying character I've ever fucking played. Well, that'd be pretty hard. That'd be pretty hard because there's been some annoying ones, but all right. right. Yes, we're... I mean, I suppose we could play a few games to get us started, but I am a great and powerful necromancer. She's not, really. She just has a box that allows her to command a couple skeletons, and she carries around a bone and thinks she's a necromancer. But anyway, I am a great and powerful necromancer. We are looking for adventures that would challenge the likes of us. Well, I think first you got to pay your rent, and you got to get my gin. <sighs> okay. I suppose it's as good a place to start as any. (sighs) Well, if you want to go check out the punch room and see if that's true, that you can make a few bucks there, or maybe meet a gentleman of means who can finance an expedition, Uh, you can walk all the way back down the uh, six flights of stairs. And uh, dinner's at six o'clock. I hope you like snails, says Mrs. Roachford as you're passing the kitchens, which are on the first, the ground floor. Of snails. the sour house, snails and sauerkraut. It's good for you. Puts hair on your chest. That's my favorite. It's like you know me. All right, don't get too familiar, honey. Anyway, you guys step out into the cool, misty, grimy breeze, and uh, make a left and uh, head down to the punch room and listen to the tavern you could see earlier when you arrived in this neighborhood. You do go past Schumann's boots and tonics, and you look into the glass windows, and indeed, there's like a line of, you know, a wall full of different kind of boots. Like, you know, good boots, too, like hiking boots, climbing boots, all kinds of things. And he's got a soda fountain with, uh, with, uh, all kinds of plate, with all kinds of different tonics and, uh, little bubbling liquids and, and, uh, that sort of thing. It's a weird mix, but hey, it's a weird city, Bastion. And a few doors, a few residential doors past that is the punch room. It's a tavern. It has two stories, and it's open on one wall, the wall that faces the canal. 
both on the bottom and top stories is open you know to the sidewalk so there's a few little tables with umbrellas out there and in the canal itself uh there is actually uh somebody has set up a scrubbly patch a scrubbly patch is like a ball court for this really really violent street football game called scrubbly and it looks like there's a set of scrubbly going on right now you hear some screams and bones breaking and a ball bouncing around down in the uh canal it's a game's kind of like rugby meets racquetball we won't describe it much more than that but on the second floor of the tavern there's a balcony where you can get a much better view from up there of the the scrubbly patch where they play the game down in the canal and you can hear from the activity of their people are betting on the game right now you know and there's a couple of other teams who are sitting in little dugouts ready to go on for another set probably but as you push your way in the door tom paps he's already run in and gone up to the bartender and he's like they're all right folks they're great powerful necromancers and one of them can throw money at you but you'll just want to run away you'll never all right all right tom Papsy. uh anyway you can look inside, and it's pretty crowded in here on the on the ground floor. They must brew their own beer here because they're great big, like, brewing casks behind the bar. And uh, a couple of them are even clear, so you can see the different colored liquids inside of them. But uh, some of the people in here are eating pie and wine. In fact, you can see a sign, pie and wine, 50p. Some of them are having bread and broth. And you can see a sign, bread and broth, 10p. And, of course, you also see from the signage there you can get a bottle of gin or rum here for 50p or pennies. Or you can get a beer for 10. And the gaming's upstairs, says the bartender from behind the, behind the bar. And otherwise, uh, there are circling waitresses. You can order anything you want here. Just have a drink in your hand as you wander around. But uh, you want to get a little something to eat or drink before you go upstairs? Or would you rather go straight upstairs and check out the gaming? I'm afraid I can't spare a single penny. Got to save up. I suppose I can spare a little for a drink. I'm awfully parched. Just think of all the exotic drinks we'll find when we're exploring the world. I wouldn't waste your time in this place buying these. Well, that is a good point. Perhaps let's go try to make some money first. Money yeah. first, drink later. No, I used to play. I used to play scrubbly back in um in my first year. Oh. Does, is I that where you hit your head? Is that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I did take a lot of shots to the head. But uh, you know, I did. I, I I tried out. I got recruited and tried out for the Bastion Bastards. I was going to play professional. Oh, but I didn't make it. No. Now we're strictly street league here. This is somebody else. Uh, anyway, the gaming's upstairs, and uh, you get up there. Hopefully, you'll make a little money, and then get maybe some pie and some wine, or maybe a, a bottle of rum. And uh, there's a when you get upstairs, there's this huge chalkboard with betting odds on it. And there are a little tiny row of speakers from different etheric wave stations that are beaming in game results from other places. You know, you can hear their little tinny voices. And the whole chalkboard is just covered with odds. There are people standing up, yelling and screaming, putting money down on different games in different places. There's this plucky little fellow with a really nice velvet surcoat and a kind of, kind of weird head, though. It's like oddly football-shaped. 
Uh, he's wearing a powdered wig that uh, is meant, it seems like it's meant to sort of diminish that a little bit. And he looks so, something of a gentleman, though, and when he sees you, Percy, he's like, Oh, hello, you're new here, aren't you? Yes, I am. Oh, I never forget a face. I know I would have seen yours before. Allow me to introduce myself. I am the Baron Felonius Hardbody. And who do I have the pleasure of addressing? Percy Butterworth. I don't know the Butterworth family. Are they new money or old money? Um, well, they are no money anymore. They, I mean, they used to be old money, but things have just gone downhill and... Anyways, I dis- uh, disassociate myself from them. Um, oh, yes, yes. Starting fresh. Well, yes, I myself had old money that uh, trickled away, as they say. I was forced to go into business. It was rather... Uh, my, my great-grandsires would be rolling in their graves if they'd known that I'd gone into business, but that's what I had to do. But I do well enough that I enjoy coming here and betting on the games. I'm just in it for the kicks, you understand. Uh, I say, I don't suppose you would care to make a wager on the next game? Oh, hmm. I'm not much of a gambler or a risk taker. Um, I don't. Oh, one simply must take risks, especially well, if one wants great rewards. I know. I, I am going to have to take some risks. I don't know much about these teams, though. Well, you've got a born scrubbly player right there. He says, pointing at Roach, and. uh but I'll tell you what, since you're new and you're not a scrubbly expert, I'll let you choose the squad. Well, I don't know anything about the squads. Um... Well, come over here. Come over here to the balcony. He leads you all three over to the edge of the balcony. He signals. He snaps his fingers, and uh, someone brings out three beers on a little tray, three nice little beers for you guys. It's, it's, it's clearly on him. And you can look down from the edge of the balcony. you got a really good view of the canal. And that game you saw, or the set, as they call it, uh, when you first showed up, that's already breaking up. And those two teams that were waiting in the uh, wings are taking their positions down on the down on the patch. As you see there in the orange, that's the East Bottom Boilermakers. And over here in the blue, you have New Bastion United. Now, I'll stake a gilder. On whichever team you don't like. Because I say I'm just in it for the kicks. Surely you have a gilder to put down, don't you? It's like, no, it's like a hundred shillings, you know. I'm afraid not. You don't have that? No. Man of your means. Well, you did say it was on one. But I... I usually, in these scenarios, to make money, I think, um... You know, if there's a great... If one of these teams is the underdog... I don't know anything about them, but I, 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 that's where I would place my money. You, you like the underdog. In that case, I'd go with the East Bottom Boilermakers. Um, yes, um... They're terrible. <laughs> so if I win, I'll pay you a gilder. That's nice, right? And if you lose, since you don't have a gilder, you could owe me a service. How does that sound? <laughs> oh, okay. Well... It will be something you enjoy, I promise. <laughs> oh, oh, hold on. Could you re- repeat the terms of that agreement? Yes, well, if I win, I'll give you a gilder. And uh, if you can't pay me, 
then uh, then of course you will owe us a service, owe me a service. Yes, and I'm quite familiar with the service industry, so suppose I could that's something I could live with if we fail. Very good. Shall we call it a gentleman's agreement then? Well, I guess we've got to take risk. Um, we've got to just go for it then. I, I, that's what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm going to put everything down, all my wealth, which is one shilling. I'm going to put it all on the line. On the, the what were they called? The East Bottom Boys? East Bottom Boilermakers. No. Okay, yes, go Boilermakers. All right, well, there's this. Uh, you know, uh, uh, handbell rings, which starts the match. And, friends, it's a terrible thing to watch. And it goes back and forth, and it's really close. The East Bottom Boilermakers are just getting stumped. But about, uh, just when there's maybe just about ten minutes left in the game, the, uh, the quarter basher for the Boilermakers just, uh, cracks the skull of the left-end defender. You can hear it. It's an audible crack. And there's oh from the crowd. And uh, if you can actually crack the skull of a member of the opposing team, then they, of course, forfeit the game and lose by default. So uh, it appears that uh, these bottom Boilermakers have won! Yes! And there's like a bunch of, bunch of consternation and grumbling because no one really expected them to win. And uh, the quarterbasher's down in the field. He, like, spikes the ball so it bounces really yes. high up in the air. Triumph! And... Uh, well, yes, we've done it. Well, I can't believe it. See, you took a great risk, and now you will have a whole guild, and that's like two and a half months' rent, you know, on the on the place. Um, so, and he uh, starts to pat his pockets, though. <laughs> what? 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 I don't say you've been robbed. Well, uh, I have been. Wait, 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 let me check my breeches. No, I've been pickpocketed. I've been pilfered. I've been purloined. Oh. Oh, excuse me, wait, don't don't worry, I'll get some house credit. I'll get house credit. And he rushes over and has some conversation with a guy in a corner. He's waving his arms around exasperatedly, and he runs back to you. He goes, oh, apparently I'm out of credit. Oh, oh, dear me, this is such terribly bad manners. Here, I hate to do this, but uh, he takes a piece of paper out of his pocket. It's folded up, has a seal on it. Would you consider taking this in lieu of cash payment? This is a... Uh, this is the salvage and looting rights for the Moonstone House. You see, uh, it'll be demolished in three days. I, I purchase... I told you I was in business, yes? I purchase salvage and looting rights, and I uh, resell them at a profit, you see. And that's how I make my living. But uh, I don't know much about the Moonstone family, but they were undoubtedly rich. And the loot from even a quick excursion into Moonstone House is... Oh, easily ten or twenty guilders, and maybe fifty or a hundred if you were to really make a job of it. I hate to do it because I'm wasting money, but I'm so embarrassed that I would hate the, for the hard-body family to lose its reputation. So I would be happy to pay you with this uh, if you would accept it. It's not far. It's about an hour's walk from here, or you can take the Metropolitan Tramway. Hmm. Well, I do say I'm somewhat intrigued by this, exploring this house, seeing what might be in it. But, on the other hand, I don't want to be too gullible. I was promised a gilder, and now I've gotten none, and I just suspect you might be a charlatan. 
No, not a charlatan. What a shot! Oh, sir, you wound me. You wound me. But it's my mistake. I I can't believe I've been. I wonder if that damned little Tom Papsy's in here again. He's quite got sticky fingers. I hope he's not here somewhere. He looks around. You guys don't see him anywhere either, but you do now that you think of it. He was kind of lurking around during the game, and uh, he goes, "But no, no, this is completely legit." Maybe you want to look at it and like make a willpower test and see if it seems legit. See if the seal's accurate. You can, anyone who wants to, yeah, anyone who thinks they might know can take a look. Now, what did he claim that it was? It's a salvage and looting rights oh, okay. to Moonstone yeah. House. Because they're yeah, going to demolish just, it. Yeah. Rose just believes it, so he's yeah, he happy. Well, I am not an expert, but I shall take a look at it. And, uh... Well, don't you think that... Hmm. What if they've got an entire bag of guilders at the Moonstone House? Well... They just may... Now, any house that was, you know, a house of a rich person, I would say, I would think, would be already looted unless they have some sort of uh, security or some some other reason for keeping people out. No, I tell you, I do this for a living. What they do when when, uh, a family dies out uh, with no heirs, you see, their property reverts to the people of Bastion, yes, uh... And uh, it goes to a greater good. And all I know is they're tearing it down to build a new metropolitan tramway station. But I don't know much about the Moonstone family. I buy these in bulk. I have a, I have a friend on the Burgers Committee. Uh, but uh, it's in the Shagwater District, just south of here. It's, a, it's about an hour's walk, or I believe it's about a 15-minute metropolitan tramway ride. Uh, but that's, that's about all I know about the family, but... Trust me, they had a large manor house, very old. It was here, and it was a country manor before the city grew in around it. Uh, tell you, you want to explore the world, you can start right here. Yes, I think it would be a good start. It's right here in, here in town. We could get our feet uh, feet wet, is that the expression? I don't know. But um, uh, yeah. Listen, I'll, I'll tell you what, you've been such a good sport. It's been, it'll be torn down in three days. If you find out that that's a fraudulent document, or if you don't find anything there in three days, you meet me here in three days. I'm here. Everybody knows I'm here. I'll give you the Gilda then. You can't lose. Hmm. Um, well, let me look at this, um, this contract or whatever. Did he say that he's, he's, got, he's got a burger? No, no. I've got a burger connection, yes. Oh, burgers Ooh, just one. sound really good. Now, you can't all be this daft. <laughs> well, most of them are fairly good, but many of them are just political opportunists. So you got a guy. A burger. Oh, yes, I've got a burger in my pocket, as it were. <laughs> <laughs> You're yeah. just going to confuse him. Yeah. I'm, now I'm just trying to confuse him. <laughs> <laughs> what? What if I told you I had five guys on the burgers? <laughs> <laughs> well, did I call you a liar? <laughs> I didn't think they had that in Bastion. Not yet. <laughs> that franchise has nowhere near Bastion at this time. <laughs> That's one oh, uh, another reason we need to leave Bastion eventually and explore this odd world. But let me look at this. Now, 
Do we, we roll will? Yeah, will pick your will. Yeah, willpower is like your whole mental stat, mm-hmm. basically. Mental and spiritual yeah. stat. All right, I'll have to get it. Roll that or less, just to see if you can tell if it's legit. Eight or under, and I rolled a d20. <laughs> yeah, you know, an actual 20? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Well, you just can't tell. All of these legalese looks the same to you. Let me take a look. All right. I shall take a look at it. And I rolled an eight, which is under my willpower. Oh, it's it's totally legit. The seal's accurate. You you yeah, yeah. When uh, well, if she thinks yeah. so, it appears to be. I'm telling you, quite legitimate. Now I'm a yes, I'm a licensed buyer and seller of salvage and looting rights. I'm telling you. Now, I will say that we will take this in lieu of the gilder. Under one condition, that oh? I may, um, that you throw in your fine powdered wig. I, I fancy that powdered oh, wig. Oh, no, 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 I couldn't possibly. You see, you may not have noticed, but I've got rather an oddly shaped head. Ooh, have you now? Yes, and so this wig would not possibly fit you, who have a normal shaped head. It would be <laughs> floppy on the sides. I'm subtly... Pulling out my tyrant's rod because now he thinks that this is some kind of monster or alien in disguise as a human, and he wants to test it with his tyrant's rod. Okay. Well, you can wave it at him if you like. I forgot I've got to give them a will roll whenever they. I didn't give little Tom Paps his uh, will roll, willpower roll, but. Well, he's just going to subtly wave it, like like he's like he's just pulled it out of his you know pocket or whatever, and he's just going to like do a little. Yeah, you want to make him. Drop, stop what he's doing, or flee. Those are like specifically one of the things you can make. Drop him his do. wig. Drop his wig. Yeah, can I make him drop his wig? Okay, all right. Sure, go for it. Uh, well, I mean, you just wave it. He has to go for it. Okay. Now his will is ten, so we're gonna roll. He has a thirteen, so he's like, ah! And he like flicks the wig. I think there's a spider under there, and he throws it on the ground. And indeed, he's got this oddly shaped head. Oh. Uh, and most people in here know him already. So there's not like a lot of staring, but it's just a little footballish. I used to play a bit of scrubbing myself too. <laughs> well, since you've thrown your wig on the ground, I'm sure you wouldn't mind if I take it up and. I shall have to make my wiggest make me a better wig that's not infested with spiders. So, well, good luck to you with your salvaging and looting. Take uh, take that spider-infested wig. <laughs> doesn't appear to be spider-infested to me, so I shall take it. It is! I just know it. Something tells me it's not for me. Uh, very well. All right. So if you want to put it on, though, I mean, it is floppy. It does not fit right. You're going to have to have a wickest, uh, you know, do a little alterations to it. You know. Well, but. yes, I suppose it's a start. You know, I will make my way up to, to better and better wigs. So, um... I suppose we ought to uh, go and uh, check out this house. We have the rights now. It's No one else can claim anything from inside this house but us. Well, that's right. In fact, uh, he did mention it's in the Shagwater District. Again, it's about an hour's walk if you wanted to walk down Canal Street. But there is a metropolitan tramway you can take. It's uh, 10 pence. Tramway, 10 pence. Canal Street stop. And uh, save all. Surely you can like jump the the. Uh, I can't. What do they call? I can't remember. 
the, the little turnstiles. Turn like jump right. the turnstiles. Sure, you want to try jump the turnstile? Well, I, we're so poor, I assume that that's what Roach has always been doing. Okay, go, go for it. Jump the turnstile. You guys can make a dexterity test if you want to jump, jump the turnstile. Just to see, you know, uh, if you could do it without being noticed by the ever-watchful Tramsman. Well, uh, Roach has rolled a two. Oh, well, boy, he's, he just gets in without, you know, he has been doing it for he's a while. He's a pro, yeah. Yeah. Well, you guys going to try sneak in or are you going to pay your ten pence? <sighs> Normally I would pay, but um, I feel luck is with me today. I, and I've already taken some risks. I might as well jump the turnstile. I will roll decks, and uh, I rolled on my decks, which is oh, eight. good. Good. You too get in without paying and without being noticed by the tramsman. Aha! And I also made my dexterity roll. Wow! So saving yourselves a good ten pence each, you all find yourself getting onto the metropolitan tramway. It's like a, it's a little, uh, you know, train as uh, as you might imagine. It's steam power, but it's not very big, and it has open sided windows. It's like a little miniature train you might ride at a zoo or an amusement park these days, you know. And it uh, rattles back and forth, but it gets going, and it uh, rises up onto an elevated track. It's a few stories above the road, and it zips off down to the south. And uh, soon enough, they hear Shagwater stop, Shagwater stop. After about ten minutes. And uh, you can see what must be, what must be after you get off the tram, uh, Moonstone House, because it's got a big uh, symbol of a moon, like a crescent moon uh, in stonework uh, on the front gates, you know, like a great big family heirloom. There's gates around it, and you remember him saying that he used to be a country manor, but the city, you know, over the centuries just spread out and grew around it, but they still got a little bit of their land there. There's an old, uh, there's a brick wall with a radish cellar with a little cart in front of it. Otherwise, the neighborhood's not that different from the one you just left. Only the canal is nowhere in sight now. There's still plenty of people around. Um, but yeah, it's a, a tower-like mansion behind those uh, gates emblazoned with the moon. And as I say, that radish cellar who's standing in the street sees you and he says, Ah! I see you've uh, I see you're interested in the Moonstone House, eh? Oh yes, yes. We've got we've got a permit to to, to 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 go in there and look around. Oh, so you're the salvages and looters? Don't suppose you want to buy a radish? No, they're not quite good enough. Oh, that's too bad. They're pretty oh. awesome, but only radish. No, oh, no. Christ. Oh, I don't understand. <laughs> That's the worst. I'm not very smart either. I'm just a nice but dim ratchet seller. Well, I tell you, the that was a lovely family, you know, the Moon family. Uh, the Moon family, before it went all wrong, of course, you know. There was Mother Moon and her daughters, Ruby and Harvest and Tiptoe. And Father Moon left them a fortune, you see. He collected Arcana, they say. Oh, and... And Mother Moon raised the girls, and all was well until Ruby Moon, well, she joined the Society of the Existential Fulcrum, one of those astral cults, you understand. Mm. I don't understand it. I follow the First Church of the Iron Brand myself. Anyway, when Mother Moon died of the wasting sickness, Ruby got her sisters involved with the Society, and they began to have raucous gatherings at the Moonstone House. There were strange guests, 
unwholesome practices there, they say. But one by one, the girl, Ruby, and then Harvest, and then Tiptoe, they all got the wasting sickness, too. So the property reverted to the people of Bastion, and Moonstone House will be demolished to make that new tramway station, which will be great for the radish business, I tell you. But be careful if you're going in there. You say you're the licensed salvages? Yes, we are. We are not looters. Hmm. Well, you know about salvage jacks, right? Yep. No. What? No. Salvage jacks. Yes, salvage jackers. They're gangs mm. who get into properties, and they do a little unlicensed salvage and looting. So I hope none of them have beat you to it. Well, that's what I feared. Well... Good luck to you, then, and I hope on the way out you'll at least stop for a radish. Oh, well, yes, if we uh, uncover something worth something, I'm, I say I might buy two radishes, even. Oh, very, very good. Very nice. I still got to be frugal, but maybe two I can spare. Oof, if, right. this guy, if this guy collected Arcana, we might find some really cool stuff, but I wonder... Does he collect something that was cursed that caused his family to get the wasting disease? Yes. I, uh, I sort of knew there would be some kind of catch to this property, you know. It might be that we all, you know, get some wasting disease and perish and we can't um, enjoy any of the things we find inside. Ooh, perhaps maybe we should buy a bunch of radishes to take with us so that if we get the wasting disease, we can just eat the radishes and it will help. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely, says the radish seller. Oh, so, okay, Roach is going to... Oh, how much is a radish? No, it's only five pence. So Roach has four... Uh, not pence, but the next Shillings. One. Shillings, yeah. He's going to buy an entire shilling's worth of radishes. So what's that, 10? Yeah, yeah, 10 radishes, a little net bag. There you go, yes, absolutely. Perfect proof against the wasting sickness, absolutely, says the radish seller. Although, he looks a little guilty while he says it. (laughs) And uh, But like I said, there was like a a big gate, you know, that leads onto the property. And you push it open and it creaks. And uh, we'll just have to wait and see what's inside the property and what's inside Moonstone House in the great city of Bastion as we come back here next week to go into the odd one more time. So we'll see you then. Hey, everybody. If you like our podcast, don't forget to leave us a good rating and or review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, Spotify, or wherever you're able. Subscribe to us on YouTube, follow us on Twitter at Goonies underscore world, and check out our website at GooniesWorldPodcast.com. Email us at GooniesWorldPodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening.